Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Chief and Podcast. Today we are doing preview and predictions for All Elite Wrestling All Out 2022. Craig is with me once again. Dude, we got 15 matches to get through in about an hour. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, four in the pre-show, 11 on the main card. Uh how are we gonna do? Okay, how are we gonna do this? How also how are we gonna start with this? We'll start with the pre-show matches that don't have steps. So then two really title that's matches. One match. Oh, I think actually, she can't. Yeah, you're right. Everything else is a title match on the pre-show. You're right. Yeah. <sighs> then for the main card, the same as. Same, yeah, same from there. We go from regular matches that don't have steps up to matches that do have a step, and then our five title matches through our five main card title matches. Yeah, so our first match, and I can't believe this is first for us for preview predictions. Tomohiro Ishii for New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Eddie Kingston from AEW. Let's be honest, we watched our first match at Capital Collision and we loved it. Um Oh yeah. That was uh, a that was a fun match. Yeah. Honestly, I'm expecting more of the same here, which is not bad. I would just say that even though it's in the one hour pre show, give him half an hour, please. Please. You can literally run the rest very short, especially with the next one we're doing. Um and I'm also going to say this. Ishii won the first one. I say Kingston wins here. And then maybe, Queens, we get the rubber match. Yeah, I I agree with you here. Tomori Ishii won the first match between these two at Capital Collision DC back in May. Kingston's is going to get his win back. Yeah. Do you agree with me so- that potentially a rubber match at Queens? I would love to see the Stone Pitbull versus the Mad King one more time at Dynamite Grand Slam on the twenty first. Yeah, I think I, I think that's perfect, especially since you know, by all rights, this shouldn't be on the pre-show. This should be me and card worthy, high with ease. But I, but we both understand why it's on the pre-show. Kingston got suspended. This is a little bit of a punishment, which is have the match on the pre-show instead of the main card. Speaking yeah. of people who are punished, uh, next match, and I hope this isn't long, AAA mixed tie title match. Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte representing the Jericho Appreciation Society <sighs> versus Ruby Soho and Ortiz. Sammy and Ty are winning this, aren't they? Yeah, it really seems. Especially since... They Soho and just Ortiz, lost. I think, just won on Friday. One yeah, which which led to this match. So, yeah. logic dictates Ty Mello and Sammy win this match. Yeah, and I don't like that. Easy. I don't like that. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of it either, but logic dictates it that way. Yeah, yeah. Hence why I hope this match isn't long. I hope it's like five, ten minutes max. Um. Yeah, same with the next match we're about to get into. Oh, yeah, the next match is not even going to last a minute. Uh, FTW World Championship. Uh, Hook defending against Cool and 
Angelo Parker from the Jericho Appreciation Society. Hook, kill this guy and choke him out in under a minute, please. Yeah, I'm going Hook as well. Yeah, and then Menard's next, and he can just get choked out too. Um, And then our last for the pre-show, which is the match I think both of us low-key are kind of really looking forward to, the All-Atlantic title match, Pac defending against Kip Sabian. Yeah, this is going to be a very, very interesting match. This will be Kip Sabian's first match in almost a year and a half. Yeah, since the injury with the shoulder. And I'm not going to lie, I would advise everyone to do this. Watch the countdown that's on YouTube. Particularly Kip Sabian's promo building up to this match. It basically tells you he probably most likely is not winning here. But it definitely looks like his character is going to be something that might become a thing in the coming weeks and months. So keep an eye on Kip. He might be up to something because he is being on purposely vague with his motivation. And I do like that. <laughs> yeah, um, I honestly do too. Yeah. I will say I do have Pack retaining though. As much as I love Kip. Yeah. yeah, I think they. I think AEW wants to legitim truly legitimize the AEW All Atlantic Championship. I don't think they would give Pack or allow. I don't think they would book Pack to lose that match, lose the belt in his first pay per view defense. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm just gonna suggest this: if you are gonna have that All Atlantic title be the interpromotional belt, which is what it is, if you really want to showcase match on a pay per view, particularly when it's international flavor you could always bring in someone like Laredo Kid or Halo Del Ficano to challenge pack or Bandito or yeah, or Bandito but I think Bandito is not an impact which is unfortunate I do love me some Bandito cross um, promotional man yeah yeah you could do that speaking of cross promotional uh, main card do you want to go with the one of the first trios matches because we've got a few of them and I did segue with cross promotion here. Let's do it. Okay. FTR Wardlow is one of the teams representing the Pinnacle, even though Pinnacle is no more. But to us, they're still the Pinnacle. They're facing the team of Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns represent Impact Wrestling. This match is going to be amazing. I hope it gets time. But considering we've got 11 matches, this might run short. I'm going to say the Pinnacle are going to win because Wardlow is going to powerbomb the fuck out of Jay Lethal. But I do hope we get a lot of Saban and Shelly with Cash and Dax. That is going to be great. Yeah, same here. Yeah. You have one of the best tag teams over the last decade going up against arguably the best tag team in the entire industry right now in seven-star FTR. Yeah. And here's some point. If anyone's wondering if Shelly and Saban are, you know, past our prime at the moment, uh, last couple of years, Chris Saban has had wins over Moose and has matches against Josh Alexander that went nearly 40 minutes. And that was last year. 
Shelly, he just came off challenging for the Impact World title, and they went 35. So they still got it. Yeah. Um, and Jay Lethal is always a great worker in the ring. You you can't go wrong with Lethal. You can't go wrong with Lethal. And this would this is, would be another notch in the belt for War, though. This is just building him up as the as a potentially dominant TNT champion. Yeah, and honestly, if you want a really big hot pay for Wardlow, if he's going to drop the belt, Samoa Joe would be amazing. <laughs> oh my god, the Samoa submission machine versus Mr. Mayhem. That would be amazing if you want a horse fight. Yeah. Um. Anyway, our next match. Um, what do you want to go for next? Let's do the second non-title trios match here. Okay. That is, if I remember correctly, um, yeah, it's the team of the House of Black, which is Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King, against Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro. Uh, and, we, we, and really, when you think about this, this view has been going for months yeah, ever since Forbidden Door. Yeah, with the mist. I see. Yeah, Malachi this, Black this misting there. Miro and costing him the All American Championship. The All Atlantic. I said All Atlantic Championship. I thought you said American. Uh, uh, I said All Atlantic. You must have misheard. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but but yeah, it has been going on since for months. And honestly, this has been pretty much one of the main feuds in AEW that hasn't had very little. Very little physicality involved. Like the only physicality we've gotten is Darby Allen getting murdered. But then again, it's Darby Allen. I'm pretty sure he's okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But the promos from Mirror have have been stellar. Stellar. Oh my god. And I, I'm I, as much as I do love House of Black, I'm going for Miro, Darby, and Sting. I'm sorry. I love Fights of Black to death, but you can't go against the Redeemer with Sting. Like that those are two people that are barely un- that are virtually unbeatable. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like the uh, Fights of Black have a chance. I mean, yeah. Brody could always choke like Darby. Yeah, but... and Brody King is the essentially their equalizer. Yeah, yeah. And I don't see that being a being a difference because Miro can match par par with Brody. Yeah, Darby can match speed for speed with Malachi and Buddy. And then you got the experience of Sting in there. So yeah, I'm going. I'm going for Miro, Sting, and Darby here. I think that's fair. Same here. Yeah. Although I will say this, I hope House of Black move on to something bigger. Please, especially yes. with these trios belts are coming up, and we're getting to that much eventually. Yeah, we will. They should be a shoe in for those championships. Oh fuck yes, they yes um, they should be. Yeah. So another match that we're going to do next is Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks. Yeah, I'm torn in this. Because as much as I want Ricky to win, and I do, 
I could easily see Hobbs win this to prolong this feud and maybe Ricky getting the win at Grand Slam. And with the way Ricky's talking, he's not talking about winning against, winning against Hobbs. He's talking about beating them up. He's not thinking about winning here. I'm going to go Hobbs. I think yeah. the power is too much here. And, and honestly, Ricky's not in the right mind here. No, he's not. Too emotional. After the, the fact that Hobbs betrayed him. Yeah. Essentially, the dissolved team Taz in the process. Yeah, and honestly, I think I had the exact same reaction. What was happening to Taz? So, yeah, that I think it's obvious we did not see this coming. No, we didn't. No. But yeah, I'm thinking Willie Hobbs here. I'm thinking Powerhouse is gonna beat Ricky Starks. I feel like this will continue because this almost has the makings of a blood feud boiling over here. And if that's the case, it's not going to end with one pay-per-view match. This will lead into Grand Slam and potentially full gear. So, yeah, I, I can't, I can't really I can't really argue against your logic. And I'm going to go Willie Hobbs as well. Yeah. This feels like the start of a blood feud. Yeah, and like, Ricky. if this goes too long, like, my suggestion would be stipulation. Make it a cage match. Make it a match where you throw the robot at the window. Make it a street fight. You know what I mean? Or Do maybe, something. If, it, if it goes personal enough, make it a lights-out match. Yeah, I think that would be the way to go if it gets that personal. Um. So, yeah, next... um. Our next match is Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. That's the, okay. Let's be honest. It's Jack Perry. It's not Jungle Boy. It's Jack Perry. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fair. It 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 is Jack Perry. Yeah, I I, I get it. It's Jungle Boy. I, it's signed as Jungle Boy, but let's be honest. From from Rampage, that did not sound like Jungle Boy. That sounded like a pissed off Jack Perry. So yeah, and this is this is the thing. Um. I'm convinced Christian's winning here. Because he's hurt. So you know Christian's not going to take much damage here. He's coming in with an injury. And I can see, because I've been thinking about this for months, and I haven't wavered from it. The one person that is involved in this feud that we haven't seen in weeks is Luchasaurus because he's been suspended. I think that storyline really... I think Luchasaurus is costing Jack the match here. Really think so? Yeah, I think he's siding with Christian. Because <sighs> what was the one thing that you and me had noticed when, when Jungle Boy came back and it looks like Luchasaurus is with him again? He didn't go back to the green. He's still wearing the black, which is his heel, you know, stuff. And then the camera work when they were showing Luchasaurus before he got suspended... It did look like he is still in that heel mentality. So I'm thinking Luchasaurus is going to cross, turn on, like, send him at the heel turn and Christian gets the win. This feud will go on the Grand Slam where we're probably going to have Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy since 
Christian's injured, and this is going to go boil down to maybe at full gear, dynamite. And I would suggest that if you are going to boil this over and make us a big deal, we know by full gear we have the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. I will make it Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in the final. Like, that would be my idea. But, again, that's months away. Something, no, no. Honestly, Jungle Boy... Jack Perry, I think he's kind of due for a bit of a receipt here. Yeah, because yeah. of what because of what he did to him earlier last month. Yeah, with you know with the in, well with Christian getting injured, like and exactly. Jack, I think Jack Perry. I think Jack Perry's in for a receipt here. Yeah, like, do you think we make Christians winning because of help? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and I think it's Luchasaurus because the only other person involved in this was Luchasaurus, and we haven't seen him in weeks because he's suspended. But that could be yeah. just a storyline way to keep keep him off TV and out of the picture. Yeah, yeah. that's very very true. I'm um, gonna go Jack. I'm gonna go Christian beating Jack Perry with help. Yeah, same. <laughs> I do love my idea though. Boil it down and make it make the eliminator finals like for full gear, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. That would be great. Because either way, it'll be like if for whoever the champion will be at that time, you have a on fire Jungle Boy who is on the cusp to break out to become world champion, or you're going to have to deal with a monster in Luchasaurus who has Christian, you know, with him as as the handler. Like, yeah. either way, that's a dangerous defense. No kidding. Yeah. Um. So our last match we've got before we get to stipulations and title matches, and I'm looking forward to this. This might be one of the most, one of the matches I'm most looking forward to. We have Chris Jericho, Lionheart Chris Jericho, versus the American Dragon, Brian motherfucking Danielson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I've been thinking about this for a while. Still, mm. I'm going Danielson. I think Danielson beats Jericho. I'm thinking the same thing. Okay. And I think but at the end of this match, Danny Garcia is going to fully submit his baby face turn and join the Blackpool Combat Club as a result. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's gonna that's the payoff here because like on its own, Daniels and Jargo, I mean that has I mean, the reasoning for this match goes all the way back to Double or Nothing, goes back to the last pay per view, last AEW pay per view, yeah, really. The Anarchy in the Arena match. Yeah. Um, and it was because of that that Danielson was injured and we didn't get him up 
you know, Forbidden Door, which means we never got the Masterclass with Zach. Um, and it's also because of that that we got Claudio early. And, yeah, like, all this does boil down to Dyson getting revenge on Jericho in particular because who's the head of the Jericho Appreciation Society? It's Chris Jericho. Who's the one that cost Brian his return match? It was Hager, but let's be honest. Hager is not the brains of the operation. That's always it was Chris Jericho. It's always been Christopher Irvine. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like this, like you know, the bill comes due, and it's it's due tomorrow night, and it's Jericho's ass. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of want to see Jericho pass out to the guillotine. I to the triangle triangle sleeper. Uh, that would be hilarious, but I could see I could see it be the LaBelle, and then Jericho probably will try something after the match, which would lead to Garcia. You know, and an interesting to... fact: this yeah, would be it... the second submission loss on a big stage for Chris Jericho in less than a month. Yeah, yeah, because he then he lose quick, quick by the lake. He lost yes. his title match against Moxley. Yeah, yeah, Bulldog. We're naked, actually. Yeah, that's right. It was really naked. I thought it was bulldog, but no, it was in position in the rain naked. Um, and Chris tapped out. Yeah, like I could see that happening, and and then like Jericho obviously would be pissed. He would try to attack Danielson after the match. This would lead to Garcia, you know, getting involved again, and subsequently laying out Jericho, and you know having Garcia and BCC. That is. Probably going to be the payoff um, to this, and it would obviously lead into Wednesday with Garcia versus Yuta, because I think everyone will, will agree Garcia deserves that run for pure championship, but he can't really get that run if he's with Jericho. Like exactly, Garcia is a wrestler, not an entertainer. We know that. <laughs> and think about this. Dynamite on Wednesday night is emanating from Danny Garcia's hometown of Buffalo, New York. Yeah, yeah like, it makes sense, doesn't it? It, it really does. Yeah. And um, like a certain company, <laughs> AEW does tend to book their wrestlers who are competing in their hometowns to win their matches. Yeah, yeah, we don't bring them up, and trust me, they were shit-talking AEW, like, yesterday. Jericho actually... Jorgrachi responded to the shit talking in a great way, going, um, wait a minute, you're saying that's about us beating developmental? Uh, dude, you do realize you were in charge of that developmental. We beat your ass for over a year. <laughs> yeah. And now you're in charge of the, you know, the quote unquote main product. And I, part of me is just like, yeah, but that's still the problem. It's. Like, AEW don't have to prove anything because, well, they've beaten the guy in charge. They don't have to yeah. prove it. Um, and we don't talk about that company period anymore. We just don't. Um, yeah, not really. No, but still, we we both have the American Dragon beating Lionheart. Given the Lionheart has come up, it's yeah. I'm not gonna lie, you really want a Giga Chad moment. You don't have Dinosaur Wimp the Triangle, you have a Wimp the Lion Tamer. 
<laughs> the cheeky bastard that he is, he probably he'd probably pull that. He would, he would. He would. So he's not a good guy, we all know he's not. He still comes out of the hill tunnel. <laughs> um like like I said, it would be it would be it would be real cheeky of the American Dragon to pull out the lion tamer on <laughs> on the lion heart. Yeah, and, and Jericho can't get out of it because of his dad bod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, next match, casino ladder match. We have Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, Penta El Zelo Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Andalade El Idolo, Roosh, Dante Martin, and a Joker in this match. This is going to be great. But the big question, like we do with these casino matches, two predictions, who wins, but more importantly, who the Joker is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it to you, Craig. Who do you think's the Joker? With everything that has happened over the course of the last week, yeah. My pick for the Joker is going to be Adam Cole, baby. Okay. <clears throat> you understand okay. why I made that pick, right? Oh, I do. I do know I I know completely why and it makes sense. Um for those of you who don't know, Bobby Fish has officially left AEW, and hit, and earlier this week, Adam Cole's other undisputed uh, or his other UE cohort, Kyle O'Reilly, just underwent spinal fusion surgery on his neck, and that's yeah. going to keep him out for at least a year, which is yeah. really sad for Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah, it's sad for everyone because it did look like we were going to get the match that people have been wanting for years, but no, not not happening. Um, also, apparently Fish's reasoning for leaving is that he actually wants to go back to WWE because he believes in Triple H. Good luck. That's all I'm going to say. Good luck. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, like I I understand why why would be Cole and it would make sense because you really do need to give Cole something if he's going to be the only guy. Him winning this casino ladder match getting a number contender shot would be that. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to be conservative here. I'm going to tell you who I think the Joker is, and then I'm going to tell you who I think's winning. Okay. My pick for the Joker, and I was thinking about this, and I did think about Adam Cole, and then I thought about something else that made me go, hmm, what's the growing trend here with these casino ladder matches? The winner isn't really a high flyer or someone that you would see in a ladder match. So... I went out the box here, and I thought it was someone who has won ladder matches in the past who you don't think would be in a ladder match, and more importantly, is in the roster 
and we haven't seen them in weeks. I've got Samoa Joe as the Joker. Wow. Yeah. You're going the Simone submission machine? Yeah, because I can see that being the case. And then, but be, because I'm thinking Joe, here's the thing I don't have him win on the ladder match. I have Andrade El Idolo winning. Cause... Funny you say that. I have Andrade winning this match as well. Okay, so we're both the same guy, but we have different Jokers. That's actually compelling. And my reasoning why I went Joe for the Joker, it makes sense. Like, he has a history of winning ladder matches, but he's not really the type you would think being in a ladder match, right? Plus, I don't really want Joe immediately in the world title picture yet in AEW. I want him to, you know, plus he is the Ring of Honor TV champ. And you've got the Ring of Honor world champ and the Ring of Honor pure champ already in this match. I feel like you kind of, I kind of want Claudio to cost Joe here so that they go at it rather than Joe jump the mocks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, like that that's what I would think because like Joe going after Claudio with the Ring of Honor world title, that's a big match for a lot of people and Especially with the history, because if Joe wants to get to the AEW Wartel, he would have to go through BCC, which means he has to go across, go through Claudio. You know what I mean? And that um, would mean he would ultimately have to go through Brian Danielson as well. Yeah, and let's be honest, those matches would be killer. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. So that yeah, I've got Joe, but as the Joker, but I have Andrade. Winning because I could, I can see Andrade win this, have the match at a Grand Slam, and you know come up short. But at least you're giving Andrade something because Andrade is too good to literally not be in a title picture. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we have our title matches first. Do you want to go for the least important first and then go up to the most important? Yep. Okay. AEW Interim Women's Championship then. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like, I was excited for this until we got the interim announcement. I was like, oh. Because <laughs> originally this was going to be Rosa and Tony too. Yeah. And the reason why we are having an interim women's championship is because the lineal champion, Thunder Rosa, is dealing with a disc issue in her back. Yep, she's got a back injury. Um, she was trying to, she was working through it for quite a while, but apparently it looks like that pain got too much for her. Yeah, maybe that's kind of why her defenses have been a bit clunky as of late. You might be right. And, and in which case, I'm not saying that's an excuse, but that might be the reason why those defenses have been a bit clunky. Um, I would say this, right, especially with the injury and stuff, the last person we need as the interim champion is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, especially with the comments she said in the Countdown show. She should not win. Because she yeah. made fun of she made fun of Rosa 
getting the back injury. Yeah. Britt's the last person we need to see in her champ. No. Yeah. We, we do not want her. She already had her run with the AEW Women's Championship, and it lasted 300, damn near 300 days. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, and this is where we get to our question. This is where we get to our thing. So we're done to three, which, which are Tony Storm, who realistically should win this because it was meant to be Tony versus Rosa. Jamie Hayter, who who I won't lie, would be great as the interim champion. The problem is she's got the association with Brett, which tells me it's not going to be Jamie. And then we've got a Karushita, and if we, I mean, Craig, you brought it up, you know, when it came to Moxley as the interim AEW champion, you know, he finally got those moments with the crowd. You could say the same thing with Sheeta and then some because Sheeta was barely used as women's champion during the pandemic. So if anything, yeah. Sheeta has a bit more of a claim than Mox did. Yeah, that's very fair. And she held and she's the longest reigning women's champion in AEW history as well. Yeah. Over a year. Yeah. Three hundred and seventy one days if, if if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was three seven one. <sighs> I'm going to go with Tony, though. It does make sense for it to be Tony Storm. I'm I'm thinking Tony Storm to win the AW Women's Championship as well. But I'm going to go with a little bit of a twist here. Okay. I think Jamie costs Britt the match. Okay. And turns, off, turns babyface on her. Maybe if you see me hate her, though. <laughs> Maybe okay. a weird concept. So, so we both think that Tony's winning and you're thinking a turn. And not just that. That babyface turn is what's going to cause Jamie to unfortunately eat the pin the match. Okay. I think she's going to get hit with Storm Zero. Okay. No. Okay, I think a little different. Okay, I think a little different here. I think Jamie will have the match won, but Britt's gonna cost it for the pair of them, which will lead to essentially Britt, you know, breaking up with Hater. But in in particular, it's Britt being the one to instigate the turn here, so that Jamie would be "quote unquote" babyface. So they will feud after after all that, essentially. But while they're in fighting, I think Tony's going to beat Cheetah. Mm, okay. So I don't think it's going to be like, you know, the end fighting is going to cost them because they had the match one. It's more like Hater had the match one with Cheetah, but Brett breaks up the pen and then they start fighting, which leads to them getting out of the picture. And we have like a five minute. You know, period with Hater, with sorry, with Sheeta and Storm, with eventually Storm getting Storm Zero. So we have the same winner, different ways around it, though. Yeah, I do kind of like that. Yeah, because the whole thing of the heel costing the upper heel the the 
the match is a trope that is tested and proven. I don't like it that it leads into the finish, though. And AEW tends to not do that. Instead, so let it breathe a little bit longer beforehand. That's why I'm thinking maybe a five-minute thing where it's just Sheeta and Tony, but eventually Tony gets to win with Storm Zero. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Um, and then if you want to challenge her for the interim championship, I'm just going to say this. Uh, considering a match we're going to get to later, you'll get to what I'm, think- what I'm thinking. Okay. I, I have a feeling I know what you're talking about. Okay. So next we have. In fact, I believe it's the next. I believe it should be our next match. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that one yet. I did. I did. Shit. I did. It would be TBS title. Yeah. <laughs> TBS title. Athena challenging the undefeated champion Jay Cargill. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. When it comes to matches that I'm most looking forward to, this is the one I'm most looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. Um, Athena's got to win this, right? <laughs> yeah, and I have been—you know—I've been, been calling for this month. since double nothing. You've been saying for months that it has to be Athena. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna be honest—I have Athena winning, and then Jid is the first challenger for Tony. Tony versus Jade at Grand Slam in Queens. Anybody? I I think so. I think that would be great. <laughs> and and also, if it does mean that Jade wins and then holds on till Rosa comes back, there is history with Jade and Rosa. Yeah, there is. Because so if I remember correctly, win win if we get Jade versus Tony for the interim title. Just saying. Plus, the it's most over for- woman in the roster is Gia Cargill. Makes too much sense that she drops the TBS title and then goes straight to the women's. <laughs> yeah, it, it does make a lot of sense in that in that <laughs> yeah. area. Yeah. Um, and now we get to the match, which oh, for storyline reasons, it's going to be the best one of the ma- night. The AEW Trios Championship match. You're forgetting one. Am I? That Trios match is going to be the second most important match on the card. I think it's... Let's do, well, let's do our AEW Tag Team I Championship. Think second, I didn't say it's the most important. I said in terms of story. For the last, like, few years. Let's get this the AEW Tag so Team Championship match out of the way first. You want the Trios match? Dude, you're forgetting a match. The AW Tag Team Championship match. Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, why, do, why does it do that when I love both teams? I just did. <laughs> um, okay, Swerving Our Glory defends against the Acclaimed. I love both of these teams. I hope they get time. Uh, Craig, you can predict first because I do not know who I want to win this. I like the acclaimed as a babyface tag team. They're fun. But I feel like it's too soon for them to win the AW Tag Team Championships. I think Swerve and Our Glory retain the titles for a little bit longer. I feel like the acclaimed need a heel tag team that will push them 
to a point where they will be able to win the tag team championships. Okay. I'm okay. taking Swerve and Our Glory to retain here. Okay. I'm going Swerve and Our Glory as well. But I think this is going to turn because the one thread that's connected these two teams is Stokely and the Ass Boys. I think this is going to lead the Stokely managing the Ass Boys to challenge for the tag titles unsuccessfully, hopefully. Um, but while that happens with the acclaimed, I think they're going to have to deal with with um. I think they're going to have to deal with either uh, Aussie Open if they're still going to be around, or um, like another ta- another team that you know we'll probably get to here. Because if we're talking about people that have to elevate the acclaimed to the tag title picture, and particularly where you could see them winning tag titles, there was two or three teams that would do that. One is FTR, who we went through, and I don't see that happening. The other is a team we're about to get to in the next match. And I don't think they faced off, really. We're both in agreement that Swerve and Our Glory is retaining the AEW Tag Team Championships. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our second to last match on this card. Okay, trios match. Uh, trios titles. So we have the Elite, which is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks against Dark Order and Hangman Page. Where do you go here with this one? And you want to talk about history. There is almost a decade of history. Yeah, like... For the men involved in this match. And I've been through for the, mo- for the majority of it. Like, I've been through for the better part of seven, eight years of these four. <laughs> so I know it. Um... Hangman Adam Page was a former tag partner with Kenny Omega. They yeah. even held the tag team championships for over half a year. They even defend those titles against the Bucks, Revolution 2020. Mm-hmm. And then last fall at full gear, Hangman Adam Page beat Kenny Omega to win the AEW World Championship. And you're talking about... With Matt Jackson about... giving Adam Page the nod, saying that it was his time. Yeah, you want to talk about something integral about this? Two years ago, Omega turned on Page... At all out, yes. Mm-hmm. Two years later, they're they're in opposite teams for the trio of his belts, and this is the thing. Like, I think we have to go to the elite, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the one thing which we all know that this tournament wouldn't happen if Kenny wasn't healthy to do it. Which tells me that Kenny and the Bucks were probably going to win this. So I'm going all in on that. Because this is a thing. When it comes to trios and stuff. Everyone loves the acclaimed. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind a series of matches between the Bucks and the acclaimed. That would be fun. Wouldn't that mean that badass Billy Gunn would be with them? What was that? Wouldn't that mean that Badass Billy Gunn would be with that, with the acclaimed? 
Well, yeah, but Philly's more of a manager, not as an, not as the third guy. Like that's the thing. Who would you have as about... the third man? Yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking. About, I'm not talking about trios matches. I'm talking about tag team matches. Oh, yeah. And if you're if you're talking about trios, I mean, Chris Black. Yeah, Chris Black Elite would be the thing. Uh, another one which would be good would be the Elite against you know Stokely's crew, especially with the likes of Ethan Page and Dorby Morrissey and Lee Moriarty in the fold. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, another one which would be good. The pinnacle. We can get Wardlow against Kenny in the box. That would be great. You know, there there are pl- there are a plethora of trios in AW and Ring of Honor that you could literally, you know, ha- throw up throw up like help bring the embassy in the in the AW for a week to challenge the elite and see what happens there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you could actually do something here with these trios belts that would be fascinating. Yeah, it would be. But yeah. I'm on board with you. I am taking the Elite to win the and be crowned the inaugural AW Trios champions. Yeah. And now the one that's tough to call. I say it's not tough at all to call AW World Title Match Punk challenging Moxley. This, it, this was tough. And then I thought about it and I'm like, and I'm like, actually, this isn't tough at all. And I don't like the fact I'm going to say this. I've got Punk. You know the way WWE have this fixation with Roman? Yeah. I think Tony's got this fixation with Punk. Because what was the what was the phrase that Tony Khan said when Punk won the title? He wasn't an alpha; he was a plus alpha. And as much as you may have enjoyed Moxley with the run that he's had, and I hope it continues, I'm not gonna lie. I can see it being Punk. And also, it's Chicago. Kinda don't want that crowd to be pissed. <laughs> I think the crowd is gonna be pissed, but for a completely different reason. Okay. I think MJF shows up in Chicago tomorrow night, screws Punk out of the AEW World Championship. Okay, so you're thinking Moxley retains. Yes. Okay, we differ for different reasons. When we said why I'm going Punk? Why? Punk can't beat Moxie straight up, which means if he's winning, he has to turn. And you know Chicago, they will support Punk to the end. So even if Punk does the turn, they're going to cheer for it. <laughs> I could see a heel Punk run for the title. I can see you do that. Because what's the one thing that people don't want Punk, Punk to do? Be a heel and essentially be on like the part-timer lighter schedule that Roman Reigns is kind of on now. I can see them do that with Punk as a heel and it would piss people off to the point that they want anyone to take the belt off him, even if it's a heel or a face. <laughs> 
Um, I could. I could see that actually, happen for a good actually, bet. Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch my reasoning for it. I honestly think Moxley wins straight up. That loss becomes the tipping point for CM Punk to turn heel and just try to beat the ever-living shit out of Moxley. Okay, so... And who winds up making the save? Motherfucking MJF. <laughs> I love that you're incorporating MJF into this. <laughs> I think MJF's coming back as a babyface, man. I don't. Why not? Why not do it after Punk completely loses, completely snaps after losing to Moxley straight up, and Punk is just beating him, beating him down. MJF makes the save. Yeah, again. And you know they say, the enemy on my enemy is my ally. Two years ago, MJF and Moxley were battling it out for the AW World Championship. Two years later, they're reluctant allies. Okay. There is a big problem with that idea, though. Why do you say that? It's Chicago. They will not fucking cheer MJF. Especially when it's punk. I don't know, man. I I know it's Chicago. I know that. I just have this funny feeling punk is turning heel. Yeah. I think he I loses to Moxie straight up. I do too, but I think but my reasoning for punk turning heel is because he knows he can't beat Moxie straight up. I mean he tried and he got Let's be honest, he got squashed in under three minutes. Like, that's the thing. You get what I mean? Uh, and I could see them doing like a Autumn Punk esque thing with Punk as a heel, not wrestling, not much except for defenses. And you could literally do like line up the challengers. You know what I mean? Like, have Punk go through Andrade, because Andrade's are picked for the casino ladder match. And then full and then full gear, he goes through you know you know, he goes through Danielson. Then after that, Winter's coming, goes through Jungle Boy. And then by you know, the New Year's Smash or Wrestle Kingdom, a heel punk goes through Tanahashi. You know what I mean? And and then by that point, everyone wouldn't want punk anywhere near that title again. Then you you haven't lose the belt. Get what I mean? And person I would want to be Punk you like the MJF thing would be enticing but I'm not going to go MJF I'm going to be left field here Ricky Starks probably be the guy I would want to be Punk because you have Ricky go through Hobbs and you have him like struggle to get through Hobbs and eventually gets through there goes through the eliminated tournament but eventually loses to the Source and Sammy's then by you know, revolution 
competes for the face of revolution. Ladder match falls short, losing to like you know, losing to Dante Martin. Have him go for a losing streak when it comes to big matches, and then by double or nothing, he gets the opportunity to face Punk for the title, and then he wins. I think that's a good way to do that with Punk as a heel. I don't know, man. Yeah. Anyway, we've gone through our predictions. All 15. <laughs> all yeah. 15 of them. Actually, you want to do an actual one? Sure. Cool. Okay. Do you expect any debuts or returns? Well, actually, yeah, do you expect any any uh, debuts on the card for All Out? Yeah. Okay. I think we might get get a surprise AEW debut tomorrow night. Any ideas? No ideas on who it could be, but I just have a feeling that we're going to see they, one. They're probably going to have someone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say yeah, too, because let's be honest, last year we were thinking they were going to bring out one person that brought two people. <laughs> Really, when you think about it, they brought. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Um, and let's not forget, I was in Chicago last year for all. Yeah, you were. So you could imagine my fucking reaction. Yeah. All this shit happening. Yeah, so I'm gonna go left field here. I think we are gonna get a debut, but I don't think it's gonna be someone that people are gonna expect. Like, really, when you think about releases and stuff. Um, especially since most of the releases have gone back to the E. Um, I'm gonna think we got we're gonna debut, but I'm thinking we're gonna get um. I think we're gonna get a debut by um someone we're not expecting, probably someone from Impact or someone from um New Japan that we haven't seen yet. You know what I mean? I think that's been. I'm going to be conservative with my pick. I don't know who, though, but I think that would be a safe bet for an AEW debut. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's been our preview predictions for AEW All All Light 2022. Hope you enjoyed this. Next time will be Full Gear in November. Yep. Um, But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this and yeah, see you guys next time.